This is a VOFM special broadcast. The COVID Report Show, Monday to Thursday, from 6 to 7 p.m. Exclusive to VOFM 88.1. Hear it. With the numbers steadily increasing, there are quite a few conversations that are going around in the Republic. Firstly, are we even ready to open schools on the 1st of June? President Sil Ramaphosa said we should be prepared to live with coronavirus for a year or even more. No, absolutely. But I do believe as far as it pertains to President Sil Ramaphosa's comments, a lot of the discussion and a lot of the national discourse is going to be informed by, I think, more so how his comments were interpreted and less so what he actually said. Because um, factually speaking, and I'm just paraphrasing, but he said that we have to prepare to live with uh, coronavirus for up to a year. That doesn't necessarily mean that he is saying that this pandemic is going to last here in South Africa for the entirety of the calendar year. He's not necessarily saying that the pandemic will last less than a year. I do think that was just his way of getting uh, South Africans to apply realism and to apply a degree of measured expectation as it pertains to how long the fight against the pandemic will last and when we can expect things to die down. And I think that trickles through in the conversation we're having today, a very open-ended conversation that we're having today pertaining to the plans by the Department of Basic Education to usher children back into the classrooms. We've been arguing back and forth on whether or not it's too soon, whether or not um, it's too early, whether or not it's a lost cause and whether or not they should just look into scrapping the academic year all together. We've heard from organizations like COSAS on the matter. We have heard from education experts. Today, we're in the classroom. We are speaking to Aqualine Shaku, a grade 11 learner from an informal settlement north of Johannesburg, outside of Alexander, Sitzwetla. We are unpacking for all walks of life what COVID-19 has done to them, especially for school learners who are in their final phase of their education and how COVID-19 has impacted them. Aqualine, what is your everyday life and how does schooling in Sitzwetla look? Okay, um, living in Sweta is a very difficult challenge because, like, we get discriminated against a lot because they say it's a dirty place. There is a lot of garbage on the roads and our toilet, they're not flushing toilets. So about four to five families share the same toilets. There are a lot of taverns around. We have no role models. We have no libraries. And, like, it's difficult for us to get motivated as the youth. And Aqualin, how can you can you paint a picture for us as far as how the um how the regulations of um lockdown, everyone needing to stay at home if they aren't an essential service or they don't need to be at work, um, and social distancing. How has how has all of that um unfolded in your neck of the woods? Are people obeying uh, the regulations? Are they staying home? Are they maintaining social distancing? In my community, like most people are not obeying the regulations that the government has put to us because like most of us 
like most of the parents they're not working and like most of the people in our community they're not working too so like they find it difficult to stay in the house and wait for for the food parcels which like which we never receive so it's difficult for us to stay in the house plus our toilets they are far so we need to go out and go to the toilet and some of them need to stay on the road and sell their food in order to make an income but they don't do social distancing and they don't use the use of masks. So Aquilin, COVID disrupted a lot of activities, including going to school. So how has homeschooling, online learning been for you? Very difficult for me. Since I live in a one-roomed house and there's no space, there's no privacy, so I get distracted a lot. Plus sometimes I can't access online learning since our community has network issues and like most of the time I don't have the the data to go to the apps and do my work. That my next question for you, um Aquiline, is around the Department of Basic Education's plans to um institute the return of of children to classrooms uh from June. Uh I believe as as was previously reported, the plan is for grades seven and grades twelve to return to the classrooms. What are your thoughts on uh the plans to uh re- to for, for kids to return to school? Um well I know that we've fallen behind with a lot of schoolwork. But I don't think it's time yet for us to to go to school since the number of the COVID-19 keeps on increasing. And we don't know how many people in our country have the virus. So if the schools reopen, like one class can carry a lot of children and it can cause them to be vulnerable to disease. So the government should just wait and take time for the virus to to lower a bit so you can think about children going back to school. So Aqualine, you mentioned that you have fought, the schoolwork has fallen behind uh, during this time of COVID-19. But as you're in grade 11, how are you feeling about the academic year? Do you think it's going to be good? Do you think it's going to be bad? What are your feelings around it? Um, it's going to be bad because right now um, I need a teacher to be in front of me to teach me. So I just can't rely on the internet because I can't ask questions on the internet. So like even the, the grade, like most children are going to fail and like the grade 12, their results won't, like won't be fascinating. Like this year, it's going to be a very rough year for us as students. My question to you, Aquiline, is around the debate surrounding um, the safety and the continuation of your school year. I'm curious to find out what it is that that's, uh, that, that that you are probably most anxious about. The idea of returning to schools um, earlier than um, some people feel it might be, as you um, touched on earlier, or the idea of the academic year being stopped and school being stopped for the rest of the year. Um, the thing is, like, us as students at school, some of us, like, don't listen to the teachers. So we won't be wearing our masks and we won't be social distancing. So for now, it's not safe. And I think it's, it's a good thing that people are debating for their safety and for their children's safety because, like, it's a very difficult time for us as a nation. But then they also need to consider us as the children. 
No, 100%. Your safety as students matter. So now we want to, I want to ask more for a picture of what school life at home looks like. You mentioned you're in a one bedroom home at, in, in, in the informal settlement. So how do you balance between chores and schoolwork while you're at home? Are your, ho- are your parents, is your mom understanding of the, ho- the homeschooling? Uh, is your family supportive? Do they help you with the schoolwork? Well, um, my mom does help me with the, with the chores at, at home. And like most of the time I study at night when everyone is asleep. But then, um, the thing is my parents, they were, like, they don't have the understanding of homeschooling and like they don't help me much since, um, <clears throat> they were born in an era whereby they were doing labor work other than being in the four walls at school of school so like most of the time i struggle with being helped aqualine i i hope i don't um put you in any kind of weird position with the question i'm about to ask you but i'd be i'd be curious for your view um being that you are a grade 11 pupil do you do you believe that the department of basic education and the government can uh, do more to help, uh, you guys make, um, the most sense and make, make the most out of the situation we're all in all, all over the world. Do you believe that more can be done to assist you guys? Yes, now do believe that a lot must be done to assist us as, like, as a community because honestly, from my side, the government has neglected us because in our community we don't have a library and like a lot of stuff are happening and like right now they're saying that we must do internet learning but not all of us have cell phones not all of us have money to buy enough data so like the government must do something to assist us because like in this world we're not the same we're not equal so the government must assist us and like stop wasting money on other like things that don't make sense. Great eleven people, Aquilin Shaku from the Ndetelo Foundation in Alexandra, talking to us about how the impact of the COVID nineteen pandemic has impacted education from a valuable perspective, from the learners' perspective. We are also speaking to Mbali Boy, who is a grade 12 learner at a boarding school in Makanda in the Eastern Cape, to hear her experience of the pandemic and how it has affected her academic year. So when the outbreak first occurred, what happened to you and your fellow boarding schoolmates? Um, the first thing that they did was they called us in straight after the president's address. The whole board had been in the seminar room discussing and they called the school a school meeting at 9 p.m. on the Sunday night and they told us that the school had decided that the safest thing was to send us all home and that we could leave from that point up until whenever we needed the school would like can make sure that people were at school um, until the last girl left school so a lot of people did end up leaving immediately and they helped us pack up things. They made sure that people's rooms were locked because obviously we couldn't pack up everything. Like we didn't have enough time to pack up all our stuff like we usually would have, but the school did try and make sure that everyone got home safely and that no one left without a teacher being at school present. So we all know COVID-19 has disrupted a lot of activities. Schools have been closed before the national lockdown. Your academic year as learners has been greatly interrupted. Mali, please share with us what your experience of homeschooling online learning has been. How have you been ensuring that you keep up with studies 
and how has your school approached online learning? So with online school for us, it's been at first, like the first round of it was quite difficult. It wasn't really organized, but I guess everyone was trying to get used to everything. Um, But it definitely has gotten much better. They've done a lot of surveys and they've asked everyone um, how they feel that they could, the school could improve learning. Um, So we get three classes a day and we have, it's a 45 minute to an hour period where we get to interact with all our teachers so we can ask questions and they can check in on us and see if we're okay. But we still get the normal amount of homework that we would um, at school and we get that, all that work done. It is definitely a lot harder as a matric trying to get all your work done without your teachers with you. But the school's trying to normalize everything and like keep it as if we're still at school so that everyone still feels like stable mentally and everything so we still have our normal roll calls we have sport after school and we have um inter-house events and music events and everything that we normally would at school so your school has taken a business as usual approach just on a different platform yeah so now can i ask how are you feeling about the academic year and is your academic year remaining the same so at the end are you expected to write the same, the same content in your exams? Are you expected to do everything, let's say, I would have done two, three years ago in my exams? Or have they adjusted the academic work? Are you only covering some sections? Or is it everything? Um, for the most part, it is everything. I think each subject has taken out maybe one or two things from the individual CAT tasks. But um, overall, we're basically writing um, everything that we would have written if this year hadn't taken the turn that it had. I guess personally, I'm f- I was feeling a bit shaky because I am a drama student. So it's very hard to do drama um, without interacting with anyone. So I don't, I'm still kind of on the edge about that. But besides that, I think I'm quite confident. So can I ask you being at home and your boarding school is in Makanda, what are some of the biggest disruptions you faced while while being at home in a very full house? Um, I'm not used to being around so many people that like aren't my age or that don't understand like what's going through. Like it's very different. Like I'm used to being in a loud house full of girls, having like lots of fun and just always having someone to run to when I need, like when I need anything, like being at home, it's so different because you're family aren't necessarily your, like they're not the same as your friends so they won't give you the same advice they won't give you the love or attention that you would get from your friends that because sometimes you just need that connection with your friends so being at home has definitely been different and honestly I would have preferred to stay at school so the speaking of school and wanting to go back to school the department of basic education has explained that schools should reopen soon as early as the first of june they are planning to do this in phases while ensuring that safety requirements are put in place. So I know matrix and grade seven and grade sevens would be the first to return. So what are your thoughts around the reopening of schools and that happening? Are you would you want it to happen? Do you think it's safe enough to happen? Are you against it happening? Um, honestly, if I'm speaking as a matrix student, it's the only thing that I want to happen. But if I look at it like properly as someone who goes to a boarding school I don't think for us realistically it will open as soon as the government says schools will open because obviously we have we live together in a house and that's over 60 girls to 80 girls in one house but if they do bring back matrix I guess matrix do have their own single rooms so they could make it work but I don't think it's the wisest thing but I know it's everything that we all want and lastly Bali 
just taking it on a very general perspective, what way of education has your school opted for? And secondly, do you think this way is the best and optimizes everyone's resources within your school? And do you think all your fellow learners have the same support as you do? Um, so our school has taken mainly the Zoom route and sometimes some classes have been using Google Meet. Personally, for me, it's worked well, I guess, only because I have the facilities and I have the connection and the Wi-Fi and everything that you would need for it. And I have the laptop. But I do know that a lot of students have been struggling to get data and access to um, connection and network. And I know the school's trying as hard as they can to provide network for everyone. And I guess these platforms are the best that the school can do to ensure that everyone's still interacted. Um, I know they still are uploading like the lessons onto our Facebook page just in case anyone needs to catch up. So they are trying to get everything out to the people who can't be on the lesson at the exact time. So I guess at the end of the day, they've kind of covered everything and they're trying to make it work as best as possible. Do you feel that the time of Zoom and the work coverage during the Zoom time has prepared you adequately enough to write about the work that you have prepared during Zoom and write well enough to pass? Um, if I'm being completely honest, I don't think I'm ready from all the Zoom classes and things on Google Classroom. I just, it's not the same with having a teacher there to explain it like properly to you and to be there to help you through everything. Like the preparation is definitely like much different now that we're not at school interacting with our teachers so in terms of feeling ready for prelims right now I'd say I'm not quite ready but I'm glad that they've been pushed back so I think it gives me a bit of time to get myself um, prepared. And that was Mbali Boy, a grade 12 student at a boarding school in Makanda, engaging us on what she faces as a matric learner and what route her school has taken during the pandemic to ensure that they are not left behind and they do not lose the entire academic year. Thank you so much for joining us, Mbali. Thank you. Here on the COVID report, to increase the voices and the learners that are included in today's installment and to make sure we got a holistic understanding of the experience of all learners in the Republic, we got voice notes from learners and this is what they had to say about their experience on online learning. Coronavirus has affected me because in my house my mother is not working and we have to eat. She don't have money to buy food and how do I feel? I feel sad because I think I'm losing out at school and I don't get to focus on my study because I think what will I eat? in the morning what will i eat in the evening or in the midnight so that's how i feel and it has affected us men it affected us on everything i don't have toiletries it's like a mess hi everyone my name is susan Kilisa. i'm from informal settlement on institute the COVID-19 situation has been a negative impact to us because we are no longer going to school and this can make our future disappear. Our parents are not working because of this pandemic, so they are unable to buy food. Online learning requires data and our parents don't have money to buy us data. We are left behind when it comes to schoolwork. We use bucket toilets which are very far from our houses and we are afraid of going there because we might get infected.
Um, my name is Uzukai Mukwana. I am 18 years old and I go to Jeti High School for Girls. Um, so being a student um, during lockdown and quarantine is very, very difficult for me. It is extremely, extremely difficult because um, one of the lighter issues that I'm facing are lack of motivation, um, procrastination and distractions because I'm not in like um in a classroom setting where I'm literally like forced to um or not forced motivated to actually focus and study or um yeah so for me I feel like it's very difficult because I just I think it's because um it's we're going into like uncharted like field where like I haven't been taught to self-study as much because I can even even if I have to study for like exams on a like normal like non-quarantine world I'm able to still like be able to create a, a physical group with my friends where we can actually share information where I can actually connect physically with other people so sometimes I really face difficulty with being motivated to in order to like let me carry on and um let me just not give up on this um, section because um, I don't understand or it's easy for me to say I don't understand instead of like having to um, ask a teacher and raise your hand and be like, ma'am, I don't understand. And then it's dealt with on the spot and most likely you walk out the class having some kind of idea of what's going on on the textbook or on the page or a full understanding of what's going on. So for me, it's very difficult. And one of the like um, the... The, the more concerning problems for me are the lack of um, being able to connect onto the in internet because for me, um, I'm, I'm like with the area that I'm in, I do experience um, most of the time um, network problems where I find it really difficult to connect onto my Google Classrooms um, or be able to um, research on, be able to browse on the internet so I can get like more sources of what I'm actually studying and get a better understanding or be able to go on to YouTube classes where I'm able to get like another source of the same information that I'm reading from my textbook. So it's kind of hard for me sometimes, but I feel like on the lighter side, I think I'm fortunate enough to be able to get those opportunities where I'm able to access the internet, where I'm able to access Google Classrooms, either um, because there are children who are um, at a disadvantage where they don't have internet, don't have um, the certain um, resources that I do. But overall, I really feel like um, I'm not coping with um, the online classrooms. It's really difficult for me, but I'm trying my best and I just hope we, go, we get back to school as soon as we possibly can. Tweet us at Bauer Hashtag The COVID Report Show. On The COVID Report today, we are joined by Lucky Tazi, a teacher who holds a Bachelor of Education and a Bachelor of Education Honours, who also attended Wits Business School and Entrepreneurship, a fees must fall activist, a teacher who is teaching online during lockdown, who teaches maths, and someone who knows very well what the 11 and 12 pupils are going through during this time. So, Lucky, my first question to you is then, when teaching grade 11 and 12 students, what are your biggest 
concerns with the impact of corona during this time? Okay, thank you so much. Um, game and specifically for, for the invite and the interview. Um, I will start off by answering your question. And I'll just say that when teaching grade 12 and grade 11 during this corona uh, outbreak is that we do have, especially because I am coming from an, uh, a disadvantaged background, but I pulled through vets and whatsoever. But my main concern is that since we are going to teach uh, grade 11 and grade 12 during this period, what do we think about the schools which are overcrowded? And so, therefore, it, we, don't, we do not have to think about the learners only. What about the teachers as well? What about the teachers? Therefore, I am, going, uh, I am going to speak specifically about, let's say, the overcrowding of, of schools, number one, which is my biggest concern. Because as we know, in the townships, in, in the rural villages of Mbumbulu and whatsoever, we have a crowding problem. Then what's going to happen here if then the Department of Education does not bring more educators into the system? Because currently, that Department of Education is failing to employ qualified teachers to help out and decrease the number or the teacher ratio. Therefore, this pandemic is going to cause more problems. And take into account, game and specifically, that when we close our schools, we close our schools on a low, low, low ratio of, um, of this uh, sickness or pandemic. But now we are being pushed to open up schools while the numbers are... are drastically increasing daily. Therefore, that's my biggest concern, apart from the content. No, absolutely, Lucky. And I appreciate the opportunity to get the perspective of the educator, so to speak. We've been, uh, we've been fortunate enough to speak to um, pupils on this issue. We've, uh, we've had um, officials from COSAS joining us here on the COVID report, um, chatting about the pros and cons of the Department of Basic Education's uh, plans and early decisions to usher um, children into the classrooms at a time that many, including um, representatives from COSAS and, and, and I think generally among uh, public discourse, believe that it's too soon um, to be as ambitious as that to start thinking about bringing children into the classrooms. As far as the academic year, the rest of the academic year 2020. Do you feel as if the, do you feel as if anything can be salvaged, anything can be saved, or do you think it's uh, reached a point beyond salvation and um, cancellation or writing off of the rest of the academic years uh, is on the table? Oh, definitely, uh, game. Um, my suggestion would be uh, let the government scrap off um, the academic year. Uh, the government and even the ministers themselves, they, they have to accept that at this point in time, we have to restructure the calendar of, of the schools. But again, let's take into account that private schools are operating currently online, and we know that uh, South Africa is divided economically. Therefore, private school uh, peoples, and including their, um, their institutions, at this point in time, they are busy pushing with the curriculum. What about the children in the townships? What about the, um, the children, the disadvantaged ones? 
Therefore, I would say, in my own opinion, and whatever I'm saying here, it doesn't represent the views of the employer because the employer, number one, which is Department of Education, doesn't care about the lives of, 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 of black students. I would say they have to restructure the calendar of the academic year. Maybe we can start our first term in September or maybe our, or maybe first term can even start in next year, uh, March. What's the rush? They can also restructure the calendar. What's the rush? Yeah. A hundred percent. Maybe the department should be looking at other ways for this academic year to resume or for academics to resume, but in a way that takes into consideration people from all walks of life. And we had the privilege of speaking to Aqualim, a grade 11 pupil from Alexandra, on the plight she's enduring during this time, during this pandemic, and how it's affected them. But now, Lucky, I want to ask, should we have to continue with the academic year this year? And should by fire, by force, it need to be done? Do you feel that the academic syllabus should be remain the same, or should it be amended, should it be reduced? We saw that in the address by the um, Minister of Basic Education, there was mention of covering only 80% of the work, 100% of the work, depending on various grades. Um, do you think this is a good middle ground? Do you think this is good enough? Or do you think, are you completely against this? Definitely, I agree with the department when it comes to that proposal. But at the same time, they do not have to open schools at all at this point in time. And also, they can restructure their programs, let's say they can also do 70% uh, of the content, that's good, that's good enough. But not during this time of May and June, but not this time of May and June, because I am speaking as well as a teacher and an activist and also a parent. They do not have to open schools and they, they uh, uh, equally so, they have to structure their curriculum to make sure that at least the, the content covered, basically it's supposed to be maybe 70 to 80 percent but how are they going to do that if they are if they want to open schools next week tuesday that's completely crazy that's insane they do not care about about the teachers they do not care about uh students who are coming from the townships therefore they are the academic year at this point it must wait until the pandemic and 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 and, and, and the infections uh decrease at this point in time yeah, I mentioned earlier that um, I appreciate the opportunity to hear from uh, the, uh, or, or rather the opportunity to hear the perspective of um, someone directly in the middle of this, uh, the, 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 this, this, this exchange of, of information in the form of education, which has a huge question mark over it in this country, thanks to our fight against this pandemic, not just here in South Africa, but I do think in many parts of the world. Now, uh, we've, we've uh, touched on um, sort of your sentiments regarding the, uh, the, the, the Department of Basic Education's plans to usher the children back into the, into the classrooms. I think the general sentiment that I've gathered from um, your answers and your wording so far is that you don't agree, especially with the, 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 the apparent speed with which they plan to send uh, the children back into the classrooms. A lot's been made about how, the, how this pandemic and how the Department of Basic Education has addressed the ways in which education has been impacted 
by this pandemic. A lot's been made about how the inadequacies um, of society, the inequality of society within the framework of education has been exposed and made bare for um, everyone to see. You mentioned the fact that um, certain schools are still um, going about their business, conducting their education via online um, learning and online education platforms. And the stark reality is, just as you said, that um, there are certain schools uh, that do not have the luxury of having the resources to educate their learners via the internet. Do you believe that? Do you believe that the Department of Basic Education has done enough to address these inequalities and these inadequacies? Is it a situation of the Department of Basic Education just being stuck and not being able to address these these um, these areas of concern thanks to the pandemic that is um, gripped the entire planet by the by the throat, so to speak, or is this is, is there an opportunity for them to wake to wake up maybe maybe not and uh fix the things that need fixing okay at this point in time the department of education they do have funds in their coffers each and every school each and every school has money this is an opportunity for them during this lockdown to renovate the schools to make sure that all the essentials such as uh the water and even the toilets or uh or even the toilets and, and classrooms, all of them, they have to be renovated during this period because they do have money sitting in their accounts. At, at this point in time, each and every school, as I can tell you, uh, game, the Department of Education, it hasn't committed itself to, to, to improve the condition, basic conditions of schools. Let's take into account the schools in rural areas. The schools in, in Soweto, I... I'm from Soweto. I know the schools that are suffering currently in Soweto because of maladministration of principals. Therefore, this is a good time for, for the Department of Education to take those funds which were allocated for this term to, to be redirected towards, um, towards infrastructure development, such as tabs um, and bathrooms for, 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 for learners. Therefore, it will help them uh, in the long run. They also equally so. They have to focus on the schools in um, in the in the rural areas. What about the schools in the rural areas? Some of the schools in the rural areas they do not have tabs. Okay, their bathrooms are in a state which is so disgusting. This is the time for the Department of Education to pull itself and do the right thing and give our learners what they deserve, just a basic only. We are asking for, give our learners tips and give them at least clean hygiene, okay? Or clean toilets, then that's it. A very important message of what you're saying, of the inequality is too great for what the, base, the Department of Basic Education is trying to do currently. And they should be using this time to improve their facilities and improve themselves and for the time when we do when it gets safe enough to return to schools. But now, Lucky, I want to ask, in this time where it's not safe to return to schools and when students are learning in very difficult circumstances and there's this incredible level of inequality in the country, when doing your school and lesson plans, because you, you do teach online, is it important to take into consideration the circumstances of your learner? Does this influence how you, how you teach them? Does it influence the content you teach? Or are you giving the 
the syllabus as it is during this time with no consideration to that? Okay, at this time, uh, the, um, the program I'm teaching at, it's um, um, Digital eSchool. Uh, it's a program by, it was, who's the founder? The founder is Lindiwe. But then in that program, uh, it includes so many learners, learners from the private schools and public schools. But also, my concern is the learners. These are, um, we do have learners who are coming from uh, disadvantaged backgrounds, such as your deep sleuth. We do have learners who are coming from the squatter camps. Their parents, they do not have access to internet. Whatever content I'm, I, I, I am teaching at this point, I am teaching content from term one to term two only. But when schools open, I am not going to teach that content again. Okay. But the Department of Education, um, the minister in Jumutseka, she said, I think last month, she said that the Department of Education is not strong and will never ever rely at this point. They will never rely on, 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 all, on online uh, learning. Therefore, whatever we are teaching at this point is to, is to supplement and refresh the minds of our learners. But what about the learners who are coming from the squatter camps whereby their parents, they do not, have, they do not even have a cell phone just like a territory 10. If we continue with the syllabus, which means then they are going to fall in the, in the cracks of the syllabus. Whenever schools open, the content that must be done, it must be done. Uh, uh, the content which is, they have to, um, pardon me, the content which is supposed to be done, it's a content from term one to term two. Then that's it. To make sure that there's no learner who is left behind. We are a caring nation. And uh, I am also a caring teacher. And I'm also a caring activist and a parent at the same time. So I hear that the Minister of Basic Education has said this, and this is what the approach should be. And I fully understand that you as a teacher are understanding to this, and I, I, understand, I 100% see that. But in practice around the country, in your experience and what you've seen from your learners, do you believe that this is the case for all, this, for all the schools, that they are just supplementing the work in term, from term one and term two and not teaching new work? Is this really what's happening? Or is, just what is, or is it just what the minister is telling us? Um, at this point in time, I'm not, I am not sure about uh, how, the school, how other schools operate because uh, with this program, we are teaching everyone. We are teaching anyone who wants to come into uh, the program. But if you can look at the private schools and other schools, they are continuing with their, um, with their daily curriculum. But what about the schools in the townships? What about the learners who are coming from the squatter camps and rural areas? And one thing I can guarantee you, some of the schools, they, have, they are very ahead. Maybe they're in term three or term four. They're even conducting, they're even conducting um, formative assessments online at this point in time. But the Department of Education, they must just wait. They must just relax. We cannot, we cannot allow them to ambush and butcher our teachers and, and butcher our learners at the same time at the expense of this thing of corona. Absolutely. And um, I'd like to, as my, as my final question for our conversation here, I'd like to piggyback something um, that you just touched on now, as well as um, something <clears throat> that you mentioned in your uh, previous answer about <clears throat> making sure that no pupils are left behind.
And I, I appreciate that because it works as a, as, a, as a neat segue to this question I'm about to ask you. In the interest of parity on all sides, in the interest of making sure that, um, that pupils on the, on, on, on the opposite side of the, of the affluent fence, so to speak, um, the pupils who go to schools in uh, rural areas or sub-suburban areas or um, just uh, middle-class areas and neighborhoods versus the more affluent schools, um, the schools with the um, access to resources to facilitate online education. And in the interest of bridging the gap between them and making sure that uh, everyone is on an even sort of playing field um, by the time we have this virus um, on, or, or should I say under a reasonable degree of control. And we are mapping a point in time where the Department of Basic Education deems it safe for children to um, return to the classrooms because it is safe to do so. Um, classrooms have been disinfected. Um, children have masks and gloves. We are, we are practicing social distancing or in a time where it is deemed uh, to, to be safe to forego the, the, the measures of social distancing. I'd like to find out from you what kind of time frame would you think, would you suggest is realistic as far as this ideal point in time where everything is safe enough to resume as normal or as close to normal as possible. Okay. Then, um, as, 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 as academics, we have to wait for the Department of Health or the research institutes to tell us when is it safe? Because at this point, we cannot listen to the Department of Education. They are not doctors. They are even if they can be academic doctors, but they are not medical doctors. At this point, when you can look at China, some of their schools, I can say a majority of their schools, they are closed. Okay. My fiance teaches in China, but at this point in time, she's here in South Africa. She is teaching online, meaning that most of the schools in China, they are closed. And we are talking about the first, um, first world country in, 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 in the whole world. Can, can the Department of Education at this point take into consideration that as soon as they can open up the schools, they are going to open up as well a can of worms. And there are going to be many casualties and, and, and they will have to pay for that. 100%. We are not ready to go back to schools. Uh, if first world countries can still not open up their doors, then the, basic, the education of basic, oh, the Department of Basic Education should take time to consider um, the best way for scholars to go back. So, Lucky, in conclusion, what are some last things you'd like to say about teaching during this time and teaching grade 11 and 12 pupils who are in their final phase of schooling? Um, any parting words? Okay, I would say to, um, to grade 11s and grade 12, if you do have some textbooks, please make sure that at least you push yourself to, to study and think about your future because we do have grade 12s who want to go to the university, who want to go to universities and, 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 and abroad. Focus on your books at this point, but do not put yourself, but do not put too much pressure on, 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 on yourself. Just focus on your books and make sure that you recap whatever you were taught from term one only, because term two was also wasted. 
Just focus on term one and term two, you can just browse, but do not put too much pressure on yourself. The Department of Education has to come up with a, a mature decision, not a premature decision. And also, um, game and specifically, one thing I can guarantee you, so many schools, the Department of Education is the most funded uh, 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 um, department, if you can look at the budget. Let them use the money that they have at this point in time to make sure that uh, they use that money to, to develop or to do some improvements in these schools which are lacking. As soon as we open up, we will know that the Department of, of, of Education and the Department of Health, they are working in a good manner, not working in, in parallel, but I would say to all the learners out there, make sure that you focus on your studies at this point, but do not put pressure on yourself. The Department of Education has to come up with a solid plan to make sure that they have to consider everyone. Because as a teacher, where I am as well, psychologically i am not well because i'm thinking about this virus next week we have to open up schools what about myself what about my family what i what if i contract this virus at school then i take it back to um to the townships where i stay in Dobsonville. what's going to happen to my township as well therefore department of education please think about our learners all the best to all the matriculants i hope the department of education will come up with a solid plan because I believe the Department of Education is trying to push harder to make sure that their leaders who are busy eating money in the schools, they get access to this money. That must stop. And it must stop now. The Department of Education must take our students and our learners serious. The passion and conviction of a man who cares about what he does for a living. Lucky Tazi joining us on the COVID report. He is a teacher teaching grades 11 and 12, talking to us about the uh, obstacles that stand in between the Department of Basic Education and their plans to go about ushering the children back into the classrooms. Is it too early to do so? Is it safe to do so? Can they ensure that it will be safe to do so? These are all questions that will require time to pass before they can be answered. Lucky, thank you so much for taking the time to chat to us here on the COVID report. Absolutely valuable insights that we've gained. We chatted to Aquilin Shaku as well as uh, Mbali Boy, who are grade 11 and matric students respectively, chatting to us about their experiences of uh, this time of online learning and uh, talking to us from different sides of the uh, political divide and should I say the class divide so to speak. And then to further the conversation we were joined by Lucky Tazi, an activist and a teacher to see what he felt was good enough and what was happening during the pandemic and how learners in grade 11 and 12 were being impacted. So all in all I think another good episode of the COVID report. And that is how we wrap up proceedings. Thank you so much one more time for joining us on the COVID report.